Wrestling with Sports, the only podcast with two, two Major League Baseball All-Stars. Jason Kindle, who is here tonight. Dimitri Young, who may or may not pop in. We never know right now with his new coaching job. And a four-time Stanley Cup winner, Darren McCarty. Boys, what's going on? I'm going to tell you what, that was without a doubt the best intro I think I've ever heard from you. That was the four times. That was never gets gets old, Dennis, but you're caged. You're getting comfortable. You're getting smooth. We might have to step you up in front of a live audience when this COVID shit ends. I like it. Stop ends. I tell you what, guys, it is the greatest time of the year. It is football season. Oh, let me let me ask you guys. Did you watch football Sunday? As much as possible, I, I did. Um, I'm in the same league where uh, you and I met, Dennis. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, we're not doing one this year because I texted you and you were not home. I wasn't. So, uh, but yes, and I still um, have someone that I, you know, I might put some money on with teams and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I watch as much as possible, but. Having four kids at the ages that they're at, it's you're kind of all over the place. So, uh, but it is it definitely neat to uh, to have it back on. Darren, buddy. Oh. Darren, Darren, buddy. Yeah. What happened to your team? Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it because it's at least they did it early, and the, the Lions, same old Lions. Uh, I had a feeling. You asked me that I watch. I was actually. Uh, golfing for the first half and I should have stayed away from the TV because when I turned it on, it reminded me of last year against Arizona in the opener, except it didn't feel like it was going to end right. And it didn't. And right now I'm in the position like as a, I'm 48 years old. So as I've been a Lions fan since I've been a football fan. So uh, I'm ready for a change. And if they don't, if they go on to see, or, um, winless this year, I won't be mad. Uh, I'm looking for a draft pick, but something's got to change. It's just nothing changes. There's no pressure from the defense. At least I took the Lions defense in our league, and I was looking perfect, perfect through the first half. You obviously, you obviously didn't call me to say that because holy cow! I've always dude, been it, a it's huge so- fan, but I'm going to tell you what I ended up with negative points, so. It just it, and, I'm, and I'm kind of listening to it in the car when I was going back and forth to wherever I was going, and I'm just going. You have got because I'm just going. Okay, you know what? I'm taking Lions D. They're at home. Trubisky starting quarterback off the bar. And but 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 D Mac. It was the first half, and I'm I'm golden. I got a I'm a bunch of points, and then I'm going to tell you what. When I went to where I went, and I came back, and I heard the score, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. Anyways, I'm still a Lions fan, though. Anyways, did I? Well, good. You're you're the only one on this broadcast. Um, <laughs> what, Dennis? Are you not a Lions fan? What's your team? So I was born in New England. I'm a Patriots fan, but and I say this, so, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I like the Patriots even before Tom Brady came Steve around. Grogan, Steve Grogan. Steve Grogan. Steve Grogan. Tony Easton. Okay. Back in that, you know, well, I was I was a fan. Back I was, in the pure. Pure unis. That's right. The, the soldier unis. Oh yeah. No, I no, I know. We talked about this. I give you the. Were you happy with 
with Cam's performance with the start of the season for your uh, Patriots? Happy as can be. I expect there's going to be some bumps. I don't think we're going to be the same dominant team, and I'm okay with that. I here. So the reason why I brought up the Lions, and I'm glad you brought up the Patriots, is I really want to take a kind of a deep dive on fandom. We talk about you guys are players, and it's a unique perspective of players being fans of teams and being a player on a bad team, too. Uh, I take, take for the Lions, for example. I did the Lions pregame show with many years with a common friend, Maz, and Herman Moore. So I became a Lions fan through Herman. And it, although it's not a team that I overly support, but I do root for but I don't get – because, I, listen, I was a Boston Red Sox fan when the Boston Red Sox sucked. I mean, in the 90s and the 80s when they were just a trash team, I loved them. Bandwagon guy. When the Patriots were getting their butts kicked in 85 against the Bears, I still love my Patriots. When the Patriots were going – Yeah, well, they made it to the friggin' championship, you yeah, but you I'm just caught, saying. You toddler, dude, there's a difference. But, but the We're 90s Patriots? We're talking about a team that has won one playoff game in my lifetime and can't even get there. It's different. Uh, no, no, you no. I'm not comparing talking them. about cheering a team, oh, for a couple years. That, no, and then no. you, you got blown your doors off by the Bears and, and stuff. Oh, big hey, deal in the championship. D-Mac, hear Look, me. Here, here's the violins. Hear me out. No, no, no. Hear me out. Let hear me out. Let me make let me kind of finish through this point and you'll understand. I'm not comparing the two franchises by any means, but I don't understand. No, don't compare fandom. Well, I I I'll suffer because you've because you've got the payoff. Well, wait a we second. Never I can... had the payoff. No, no. I got I know the payoff because I've been a part of the hockey and, and being a part of that. I know the payoff because of being a Tiger fan. I know the payoff being a Pistons fan. I don't know the payoff for being a football fan. You guys all do. Whether, you know, being a part of a team or cheering for a team or being whatever. This is totally different as far as the fan goes because we haven't experienced anything. Thank God that we've had the other sports. You tried to complain to any Boston Red Sox fan before 2004. And, and they will laugh in your face. So Boston Red Sox fans understand what Lion fans are going through. 16 years ago. Yeah, but I'm just saying, there was a point in 2004, I never thought I'd see a, a, a championship in Boston. But never once. And how's the last 16 years been, Dennis? It turns how's around. How's the last 16 it, years? It turns around, and it happens. And maybe it happens for the Lions, maybe it not. But what I'm asking is, or, or maybe even saying this, I don't understand being in that same position as a Red Sox fan pre-2004, anybody going, I'm, I'm, I can't be a fan of this team anymore. I'm walking away. For me, you're a fan through thick and thin. You know, Maybe you don't buy the merchandise, but you still have to Here's pull for the team. Here's the difference. I love the team, love the organization, but the problem is until the change is at the top, that it's never going to change. It's a culture thing there because and they keep oh, doing oh, the same thing over and over and over again. Right? He's talking right. about I'm, I'm saying until, until the culture changes because what I saw is the same thing that didn't work before in the culture because to me, it starts at the top. So, okay, so the top it's is, a it's different. The owner. It's the owner, yeah. 
Okay, so he needs to double team. (laughs) But they won't. And they'll run it like that. So as a fan, until it changes, I, you know what? Like, I'm not emotionally invested. Gotcha. I'll pay attention, but I'm not going to watch. I'm going to see. And and you want your home team to wear the Tigers. Right. I will pay more attention to the Tigers now than I will the Lions. But what the Lions will do is they'll probably beat, you know, Green Bay and Green Bay this week or New Orleans or. They do. They do do that. They do go out and and just. They keep on the rope. You know what they they they, they throw I'm you the line and then it's a hook line and sinker every it. time. I'm not lo- I'm not going for it. It's, they they they, 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 throw the, they they try to catch that walleye out there and then boom like the Packers right. they go. I'm and not hitting the bait. Yep. But on the flip side, not Jason, hitting it this time. But but on the flip side, Jason, and it's not being funny or anything. You were kind of on one of those franchises where. You know, year in, year out, the fan base was just dying with you guys, but you didn't get any help from any of your ownership. So, you know, I think you can kind of talk maybe from the Lions' perspective, seeing that you kind of were on a team like oh, that. I did it for nine fa- years, with a thousand percent. And there was one year in there, 1997, where we had a $9 million payroll, and we've already talked about this on the show. And we were, you know, went down to the last three games um, having a shot of uh, making the playoffs. And, it was a fun year, but it's one of the reasons that I vetoed my no trade clause is, is I wanted to win. And it, it got to the point in, in 2003, uh, our lineup was really, really good. I was behind the plate. Um, Kevin Young was a second. Pokey Reese was, no, Kevin Young was at first. Ke- Pokey Reese was at second. I believe Jack Wilson short. Aramis Ramirez was at third. Um, Reggie Sanders, no, Brian Giles was in left. Kenny Lofton was in center. And um, Jason Bay, no, 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 not yet. And uh, uh, Reggie, San- Reggie Sanders was in right. We had a good team, and we were six games, seven games, maybe out of um, at the all star break, out of first place at the all star break. Seven games is nothing, nothing. And our general manager, Dave Littlefield, dismantled the whole team. Reggie Sanders and myself were the only ones left. He gave everybody pretty much to the Cubs, and that was the, the whole Bartman year where. Uh, the Marlins ended up beating them and Bartman foul ball, whatever. Uh, and it was, um, you know, Giles went to the Padres, Lofton, Randall Simon. Oh man, who else went to the Chicago Cubs? Ramos and that's when the Cubs got to the playoffs that year. They went with our seven games as nothing at the all-star break. And I wish he would have held that team together a little bit because we were just starting to show you go out and get one more pitcher. We're right there in the thick of things at the end of the year. We're in a pennant race in September, which is in baseball, that's all you can ask for. Did did he ever come down and look you guys in the eye after he did Ooh, all that stuff? There's there's there wasn't um too much of a backbone there. Mm. Now, D Mac, were you ever on a team that was kind of bad? Nope. Oh. I was always, I made the playoffs every year. You know, and that's where culture, you know, starts, even though uh I played on some great teams that lost early. But I, I was in that other era. Uh, era. We were just, you know, it, it, for so for so long, culture wise, you know, to, to try to finish first in the league, to try to be the best, to prove you're the best, to realize that sometimes that takes a little bit more out of the tank. That if you can conserve energy, 
maybe not finish first, but have guys healthy for playoffs. You know, as we Mike, got let me older, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because this is actually smarter. This this might be a great question. It might be an awful question, but out of the four Stanley Cups you won, four rings you have, can you pick a like okay, we're winning at this time? Uh, you know, one of the, the a team that you just knew every time you took uh, the ice that you ain't beating us. We're winning. Uh, Was there one out of the four? Because and that's the reason I say it might be a good question or bad question is you won four Stanley Cups. Bottom line, is there one team that you could maybe pick that you would were badasses or is it now take yourself out of the player part because I know the player part's going to be there's going to be one of those championships where you guys had they were banged up it was just a group of brothers going out and and doing what they do and that's probably the most special one but was there one team that was just like ain't nobody beating us not really, Jay. You know what? There, there's moments, right? Because when you get in, you're dialed in and you're into the moment. And when you're doing it well, it's just you're you almost like it's crossing the finish line, you know, that extra. Like you finished like five paces, you know, beyond the hundred yard finish line because you don't want to slow down because you've been doing it so hard and you don't believe it. Now, I'll tell you. You know, like in 97, the way it went down, we were up to nothing. And then they scored like 11, like 13 seconds left. And, you know, so that was right down to the end. But the next year when we oh, played. Who were you guys uh, playing? That was Philly the first year. The gotcha. next 98 when we beat Washington, right? Yep. We were up like four. We were up 4-2 in game four. Right, and they showed Vladimir Konstantinov, who was our injured teammate that had an accident after we won the cup, and he was paralyzed and he was in a wheelchair, but he was in the game. Mm. And it was like one of those moments where we knew we mm-hmm. weren't going to be denied. You know, um, you know, with the O2 team, 2002 team, that was the uh, the Hall of Fame team. I think there's like ten Hall of Famers yes. on that team, and it was just one of those things that we didn't do it the easy way, but it was this quiet confidence about us that. We had yep. the experience between between us guys. See, if we weren't Hall of Famers, we had that experience of winning cups, and so you mentally were a Hall of Famer. You know, I got four cups. I don't have to be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm mentally, you know, in the in the mentality Hall of Fame of how to get it done, right? Without you know, doubt. so so so, and then 08, 08 was sort of, you know. No, not not really. It just was to get get in the groove, and that was because that was more of a supporting role. But it was just sort of like like having the feeling that it was something special there because of the way the guys were playing hard, and you know, just uh, the preparation and stuff, and weren't going to be denied. So well, okay. Let me ask you this then. And obviously, try to take your game winning goal out of it. But um, I know you're not going to be. Is there one that, that you personally are more proud of than the others? Well, the first, it's got to be the one I scored the goal, but only I mean, that's I what I know. Because, but, but not because of that. Because I grew up a Red Wings fan. Because I knew what, what you know, 55 years, what it was like through the Dead Wing era, through what it was like growing up. Like Dennis was talking earlier about being a uh, New, New England or a Boston fan before 2004. I grew up in that era. I grew up watching Steve Eisen and Bob Probert and Joey Kosher and all those years. So to have 
been in the rig to have gone and seen a game when I was five years old in the Olympia to go to games, you know, since I was, you know, 10 years old to Joe Louis arena and to watch games and to be a part I got of it. Goosebumps right now. This is awesome. and, and to be on the ice and, and to bring it back and, and just, you know, that, so that's why it's special because, and, and the, honestly, the best reason is because when I was 10 years old, I bet my cousin Chad, who's like my brother, a hundred dollars. And that's a lot of money at that time that the wings would win the cup before the Maple Leafs. And the fact that I scored the game winner, I made him that's pay me 200. You get your hundred dollars. <laughs> I got 200. Good. I made him pay me 200. Now I got that the Lions versus the Maple Leafs. Now I don't think I'm on that one, but I'll still get the <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you what, those are little stories like the, the inside, the fact that you bet your cousin, however many years before, and then you were, that's stuff yeah. that you write a movie about. That's awesome. And that's why I wanted to ask you that question. I wanted to do it on, I'm, I know I, I've talked about this um, when we were off air, but I, I, I no, wanted but I think it's important, Jay. I think it's important because wrestling with sports here, and as we were talking about before, that what is wrestling with sports or what is the show about? Well, really what it's about, it's, 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 it's Dennis and three former athletes sharing their stories. And, and our common denominator is our love of wrestling. It's about people. It's about these stories. And because we're all fans of each other and we all are fans of the why and of the process. And, and because, as you say, like, like that's the real, real. So I tell everybody who's watching this, this could be you too. I'm not special except I followed my dream and I worked my butt off to get where I got to. And I was fortunate enough to have the people that believed in me and founded me, but it's, you too can, can develop it. You know, right, Jay? It's the same. No, uh, no, a thousand percent. And, um, that's why we love love you on the show because you know we're obviously we watched you you know I'm yeah. say growing because we're pretty much the same age but we, we know well, who you right. are, what you've done and this and that and it's it's very impressive but you're also a good and it goes dude. both ways you're a you're well, a great goes, dude but I need to buy you a laptop for Christmas <laughs> a thousand percent but wait Jason now listen or or just you know maybe if your wife has any relatives in the Michigan area that are good with technology, like you said, cause you're just, you got to just hit and go and stuff. You got it all set up there, bro. You no, I got it set up the right way without a doubt. I know zero about electronics, and, but I mean, and I guess for, for the fans that are listening out there is he keeps going off the screen. He keeps coming on the screen and he's using his iPhone. And so I told him I'm going to buy him a laptop for Christmas because, uh, no, no, Jason, but he's he froze right now. I got it. Let me ask you no, this. Let me ask you this, Jason. Because we listened to Darren talk about the Stanley Cups and in, in, in your questions to him. But what about you? Were there any seasons going in that you felt were going to be more special than others? I, I listen. I get that every player at at training camp or spring training. It's it's our year. We're going to win it. You know. I think that maybe half the time you guys actually believe that. And it's a lot of, you know, you're putting it on for the media and you can't really go out and go, oh, well, maybe we have a good chance. But, uh, you know, you have to go out and say we're going to win it. But are were there years for you personally that you you woke up the spring training morning and you're like, this is it. This is my year. I'm excited to play. I, I mean, you know, like you, you just said it best. I mean, you, you better have that mentality going into spring training. 
that you are going to win the whole thing or you shouldn't be in, in the, the business. But um, but come on, though. You, the you one can't tell year, me there were years that you knew going that you were not going to win a championship. No, not necessarily. I've never, you know what? I never thought that. And if I ever did think that going, driving to the ballpark the first day of spring training, I wouldn't have played as long as I played. Bottom line. So, I mean, then you could sit there and shake your head right now, or but, but it's, it's the honest to God truth. And I believe um, you now. I believe what you have day, that, that question is, Jason, what's the earliest? in spring training or in a season that you said, we don't have a chance to make. Well, I mean, it took me nine years to get to the playoffs. (laughs) And um, that's what I'm saying. But every year, but you still believe because you're a perfect, he's a professional. He's always going to, but he's also know being uh, uh, out of the pennant race in July, a thousand percent. But you still, I mean, you still still went out and busted your ass to wear a big big uniform every night. And, all these games mean something. Bro, I will right. say this, and, and this goes back to Detroit. We were the best team in all of baseball in 2006. And I we've already been over this. We went and swept Minnesota. I mean, we had pitching. We had pitching. This is the <laughs> we Brewers, had, right? We starters who were freaking. The Brewers. Money. The, oh, no, with Oakland. Okay. And um, you talk about a, a, a team that it, we knew we were going to win everything. And then, and I will say this, and people can, and they they always do. We had five, six days off in between because the Tigers were playing the Yankees, and they went all five. We went in swept Minnesota. And we literally went to the Oakland Coliseum every day, took BP. That's the last time, or the, the the last thing you want as a team is to have any time off. Doesn't matter how banged up you are, to have any time off. Because it is a timing thing, and I'll never forget. And I can say this because my first year I made the All-Star team. And listen, the All-Star games are not – it's a lot of work. You go, you take BP, you're not stopping. And the next year I did not. So I, I, I took my All-Star break the next year. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, not, I'm, I'm resting because I know I'm going to catch 140 games. I know that I'm going to be out there every day. I'm not going to pick up a ball, do anything. And this was in 1997. I didn't do anything for those four days. I'm going to tell you what, it took me a good two weeks to get back into the swing of things. And so for the, the ball players that might be out there listening, you get it back pretty quick. Don't get me wrong, but it took me two weeks. I didn't pick up a ball for four days and it took me a good well, listen. week and a half, two weeks to get back in the swing of things. But to ask, to give you a year, 2006, we had the best team in all of baseball and, we showed up and in Detroit ended up coming up and kicking our butt and sweeping us. And we were dead all four games. Listen, and they ran into the same problem after dispatching you. They had a long way up and the, the San Francisco came in and got them. Same thing. They had too many days off. Same thing. So with it's, the good Cardinals. Hear, it's good to hear a timing thing can go that way. Usually with the hockey and the playoffs some more days off, you older guys are happy because you get to heal exactly. injuries. And you're not no, going to get out of shape. You're going to stay in shape and stuff. But it's more you're, – you're, as you get older and you have that experience, you, want those days you, off. you like that day off, yeah. Yep. But here, <laughs> let me let me say this, guys, on the flip side. And Jason, the little uh, inside baseball, we had to stop recording for a second, and Jason said something that brought up a great point. On the flip side is the super fans, the ultra fan – that will chase you down on the street 
and ask you about a quote you made three weeks ago in a newspaper or has your face tattooed on his calf. Those guys right there, uh, and, and I know and they kind of freak me out. Being a guy that is down at the ballpark a lot and is a member of the media, knowing a lot of players and knowing I, I know a couple of those fans, there's, I mean, for you players, there's got to be something a little bit endearing to that one guy, but a little bit like, wait, you got my face tattooed on your calf? Well, I, I don't know if anybody's ever tattooed your face on my um, calf, but I, I will say this, and I'll never forget it. Um, and this was back at Chiefs. Three Rivers was still around, so maybe 1998 or whatever. And Turner, maybe it was 97. Turner Ward was playing with us, and um, this guy, we had a – you know, whole team mandatory autograph thing before the game, or I can't remember what it was. And this, um, these, these families, or this family came up and says like, Oh my gosh, we're pregnant. Like, Hey, congratulations. You know, just sign autographs and said that, you know, my, I named, um, we were going to name our daughter, uh, Kendall Turner. I, I, it was one of the one way or another. I can't maybe. And I'm just like, that's cool, man. There are definitely fans. And it's funny because we were talking about this before we got on air and um, D Mac was, he's obviously still involved with, um, you know, the red wings, which is awesome to me. And there are these, there, there are certain fans and listen, Detroit, Pittsburgh, you're talking about tough towns. You're, you're not talking about your, you know, your SoCal or East Coast or your casual the fans. fans want to win, and that's why I've always said, and I've always, if you win in Pittsburgh, one hell of a party. If you lose and you're making some money, you better watch out because you're like you'll get, uh, uh, you'll get some hate mail to the ballpark. Absolutely, it's just, that's just natural, which still really is kind of creepy to me. But in Pittsburgh, when you buy a place or in Pennsylvania, it's who bought it, where it's at. When you start getting that stuff, which has happened to me um, in your own mailbox, that's when it gets creepy and scary. I mean, oh, you're gonna, you went over for 4 tonight and you're making a certain amount of money. Uh, uh, better watch your back. That's the creepy fan. Now, I've never – I don't think anybody's ever put a tattoo of them. I, God, I hope not. Um, and I, I like tattoos. But there are some creepy ones. To where it's just like, all right, you know what? And the one thing about all, all, um, you know, the big sports, you know, the big four is, and I'm, I'm sure soccer and everybody else has it too. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about with the big four um, is that the security is amazing. Everybody has basically your top FBI guy and what a gig for somebody out there. Cause they usually give it to the best, um, not the best, but the longest tenure uh, officer or whatever it may be, or chief or sergeant or whatever it may be. And um, you get to know these guys. Well, at one point in Pittsburgh, I had somebody living with me for three months and greatest guy in the world because of creepy, crazy fans like that. And <coughs> story that it's personal and I won't even get into it, but those ones are pretty scary. But and I was like, DMAC has the perfect, he won four Stanley cups in Detroit. He's a legend. I didn't win crap in pittsburgh i ain't going back there unless i'm gonna <laughs> unless they're gonna pay me a lot of money to go do a show or something like that but i ain't going back there well, there's a difference though you know and this is the whole thing is like and everybody you know it's you know treat me the way 
the way you want me to treat you. You know, that's the whole, that, 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 that's the one thing. And, and yeah, there's like my, there's, there's always stories behind it. I, you know, the one thing is that I don't sign skin, but I have signed skin when there's a story of why somebody wants their name tattooed on them. My name, and you know what? There's there's a personal relationship. I'm grateful because I say what I've realized is I'm a battery and the fans are my power, right? And you're right, Jay, because it depends on the relationship you do have. And I do have a different relationship, you know, playing here for most of my career, you know, and coming back and, and living here and being a part of the community and, and, you know, doing a lot of charity work and doing a lot of stuff, you know, like, like do you know the UAW stuff and do being a part of the community like it's real so so there's a different relationship I also you know grew up here this is home to me you know what I'm saying so that 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 comes with the territory too but it's also too as anybody knows me is that you know don't be disrespectful because I'll call you out on it you know I'm I I have this thing with accountability you know like the and uh so we're we're pretty good. Sometimes people need to be told that there's a limit. But you know what? If they respect, you know, if I don't tell you something. You said it best when you started. You treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's yeah. the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's funny to see the different degrees of fans. And I I always I wish that there was a really good documentary. Uh, about the, I guess, the psychological impact of being a fan. Like, take, take it all started with us talking about the Detroit Lions. And you have some fans, win, lose, or draw, they're wearing their Honolulu blue, they're, they're rooting for the team. Then you have other fans, and a lot of radio pundits, where I disagree with, and it, and it irks me when I hear a radio guy go, I'm Lions free. I'm done with the Lions. You know what? I, If I'm going to listen to sports talk radio and I'm going to listen to a guy on my hometown radio talking on my hometown radio station, I want that guy to support the team we're all rooting for. And now I know it's their job to talk about the bad and the good. But when a lot of these radio pundits start going, I'm Lions free, I'm done watching, it turns... Yeah, but Dennis, don't you use certain media people in different... And it doesn't matter if we're talking about radio, TV, we're talking Michigan, we're talking, you know, Kansas, we're talking California, right? You... For me, I temper guys because it's usually... They're, as long as they're consistent. Then you know, like he's gonna go overboard. Like for example, I do the WJR show, right? Friday nights with Sean Belegian. Right? Sean. Sean Belegian's right, no, right, which we know and respect. But Sean's always gonna, gonna, gonna like nurture to the positive side and not hammer down like other people. But that's I don't ex, you know, I I expect a disappointment out of him, but not a I'm done with it. Whereas other people in the media. I look to, and I expect that reaction. I, Do you not look at great, guys that and, way? And you know what? The fact that we're even talking about this right now is really cool because last week we had Mark Madden on. Mm-hmm. That's right. what Mark Madden does in, in Pittsburgh. Right. And, he's and, a and, guy and, that is and, blunt and he's straightforward. But a, there's, it's amazing how many people listen to somebody like Mark Madden who – Mark, 
might not know everything. And uh, the columnists are the ones that are, they come to the locker room once a month and then they write something negative. That's their job. Then you have to respect that. But at the same time, don't come into the locker room and write something that it, that might not be true because you, you definitely don't know. You're only here once a month. So now your beat writers, those are the ones fan wise. And I don't know how there's it is in hockey, but I'm, I'm there's a, a respect. There has there's to be a, every there's day. a certain respect. Exactly. There's so a the relationship. Fans are the ones that you listen to the columnists. Yeah. They they're paid to write negative, negative stuff. And when they come in and then they write something like this, like a, like a negative, whatever, like, well, what, that's so wrong. And how would you even know that? Because you're here once a month. And that's their job. Once a month, they go into whatever sport might be going on. And then, you know, their names in the headline. And so this but, is like actually but, a really cool conversation because. But the thing is, you understand, the thing is what you're talking about. Okay, I'm a columnist. Then if you read a certain columnist, let's say Mitch Album, well, he's got a tone to the way that he writes. And he's always going to have. Yeah. A, and as long as the writer writes the same way, you have the respect. Yeah. Like, like, like Mark Madden. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to. You can absolutely disagree, but you understand as long as they're consistent. No, that it up. Like Mark Madden. Then I knew right. who he was, and he 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 said a lot of negative stuff. Well, you know what? It was probably right because we were. The, like I said, it took me nine years to get to the postseason, but there's probably certain things. And listen, it happens in a locker room. Oh, hey, did you see what so-and-so wrote? Well, that's the one thing that I did when I played is I didn't read anything. And now, obviously, right. there's internet. And and that's – I know um, as far as Major League Baseball, everybody gets on the the, the Twitters, the, the whatever's out there, the internet, and it's right there. I mean, I don't even know how many cities have newspapers anymore, to be honest with you, but I never read the newspaper unless I had, like, a cool picture in it and somebody showed me. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna, I might give me a picture to send to my mom or something like that. But – Never read the articles. So I didn't really know what was what was being said negative. But now it's a different world with um, social media because, hey, that guy did this. That guy did that. And, like, and at the same time, there's a lot of sensitive players. I didn't care. Go ahead and say whatever the heck you want to say about me. I don't care. Different. Not, not like I'm a grandpa. <laughs> Shit, I better not be. <laughs> but that's a joke. But it's. I didn't care. I wasn't sensitive. I didn't care what people thought. I cared about the people in my circle, my bubble, the, you know, family, friends. Yeah. But I don't care what somebody, if it's going to be negative, it doesn't, it didn't bother me today. It bothers a lot of athletes. Well, there's, there's a lot more, uh, you know, to be read, like you said, than when we played, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'm retired for 10 years and the, the greatest gift that I learned is that what anybody else thinks about me is none of my business. Uh, so that's, you that's, know, that's, uh, one of, one of my mentors in radio, Mark Wilson, who was a big radio guy here for oh, yeah. the longest William time. The man. Yep. He, uh, he's the one that gave me my first crack at radio and when he was over at, uh, ESPN 1090. Why don't we get him on as a guest? Oh, oh my God! I would love that. I'm gonna reach out Let's to him. Let's do that. Reach out to him. I, I, I have, you'll love this guy, Jay, and he'll have, he'll have great dentist stories from back in the day. Uh, He's I, an old school awesome. guy. He know me. I know him from like right, right around uh, my when I started and um, through the first cop and stuff. 
Yes, you will. That's awesome. I, he, one of the most knowledgeable, funny, great oh, yeah. guys. Oh, he's the best. Reach I'm out to him because he'd be a blast. He 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 said the same thing. You know, uh, I made one of my biggest mistakes in in radio. I made an off color joke, and it was a lesson I learned because I actually had death threats. And uh, it was it was bad. It was ill timed. And maybe one day I'll tell this story. But um, he he calls me up. He's like, I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of people want you fired. And I'm like, Yeah, I deserve it. And he goes, I'm not gonna fire you. Just remember, it's uh, none of your business what people say about you. And the exact same quote. And it always hit hard. And then he also said, hey, next time you want to make a joke about something, wait until the full story's out first. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But, yeah, and it's true. And, uh, you know, the dirty little secret of radio is a lot of these home team uh, radio guys, they don't want the team to win because if the team wins, there's nothing to talk about. And they got to say something positive, and that's what they get paid by being negative. Because at the end of the day, this was a negative, negative world that we are living in, and – I mean, not everybody, but the what runs negative media? That's what people want to hear. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Now, obviously, there's certain things that you know the positive parts that people do want to hear that as well, because are, but I mean, people want to hear negative, and then when they hear it, they believe it makes it, them feel it, better about themselves. It, it makes mm-hmm. them feel better about themselves, Jay. But that's not why we're here wrestling the sport. Which, by we're the way, be aware of it. Which, by the way, what a great episode. We're going to wrap this up. Jay's got some family stuff to do. We've already put in a full show, and it went by super fast. And sometimes it's kind of good to unplug, take a step back, and look at a certain topic and just talk about it. Like fans, who knew we could do a whole show just kind of you know, riffing like this? I agree. I agree. A thousand percent. I mean, duh. I mean, and, and on the this microphone. is what people want to hear too. Imagine what I imagine what I had about a, a computer. <laughs> You'll have a laptop for Christmas, but I mean, and I'm hoping that this is one, and I, I I truly believe that it is that people want to hear like the inside stuff. Like, what are we so. thinking? Because at the end of the day, listen, we all put our pants. Everybody knows the 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 quote: "Put your pants in the same way." Blah 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 blah. And it's the truth. Some people are just they more gifted, work harder, could play professional sports. But it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you're, you're still – D-Max said it best. You want to be treated the way you treat people. And sure. it's at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. I totally agree. And uh, D-Mac, where can people find you, my friend? Uh, DarrenMcCarty.com. Grind time with Darren McCarty. Check out the Darren McCarty brand and Slapstick Comedy Tour. There you go, guys, and stay tuned to the rest of the show for everybody else's uh, uh, social media info. This is Wrestling with Sports. What a great episode. Not even where I wanted to start the episode, but you know what? Sometimes you have notes and you decide, hey, I'm going to throw them out the window and go with the flow, and here we are at the end of the show. So, And I, I will say one last thing is that if somebody else wants to buy DMAC a laptop, please do it. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily want to go to uh, um, Best Buy or something. Well, you got till December. Somebody send it. Uh, Dennis will put his address hey, on there later Apple, on. Apple, you want Apple? You want to sponsor us? I'll even use a Mac. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, there we go. Mac for a Mac. Come on. <laughs> there yeah, we go, guys. Be good. All right, fellas. Later, Jim.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling with Sports with Jason Kindle, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone, and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling with Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that, and we can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at TheBoone29, Dimitri Young at D-A Meat Hook, D-A Duh Meat Hook, Jason D. Kindle 18 is for Jason Kindle, and myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it, by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us, and we keep doing it for you. So please... Please, please tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos. You can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So, on behalf of the guys, thank you once again. Wrestling With Sports. Consideration paid for by the following. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Whether you're a sports fan or a wrestling fan, maybe you're neither and you just love coming to wrestling with sports for the banter. BlueChew.com has been a proud sponsor of this show back when it was the wrestling perspective with PD Williams and myself. We love BlueChew here. BlueChew loves us. Make sure you go check them out because... Listen, guys, I'm going to talk to you guys for a second. You get in the sack. Things are going pretty okay. But sometimes you wish you had that extra little kick, right? You don't want to be the curtain jerker. You don't want to be the jobber in bed. If you're a sports fan, you don't want to know what that means. Go Google it. Uh, wrestling fans, I'm about to do this to you. Listen, if maybe you're the number nine hitter in your bed or you're essentially the pitcher that gets a chance to get up and bat, and we all know how bad pitchers are at batting in your own bed, and you want to change that, you want to go from the number nine hitter to the number four hitter, cleaning up on the bases, raking them down the line, you know what I mean. Or wrestling fans, you want to be the curtain jerker and you want to go from curtain jerk in the first match to main eventing sexual mania in your own bed you got your own ref that'll roll out from under it you get it you go you count the one two three you win she's satisfied you're satisfied you could do all that with blue chew go to bluechew.com it is amazing blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know it works you can take it any time of day and night and because it's chewable it works twice as fast as the pill you could take it on a full stomach, empty stomach. It doesn't matter. You listen, you can benefit from more confidence in bed where it counts. And Bluetooth, right there, fast, easy. It will enhance your performance. That's the key word there, guys. Enhance your performance. Bluetooth is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have to worry about any awkward doctor visits. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. It's made in the USA, so Blue Chew is cheaper than your other options. Amazing. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. 
Use this promo code Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, and just pay $5 for shipping and handling. And trust me, that is the best $5 you will ever spend. We would give it to you for free, but Jason Kindle's like, nope, we're giving it to them for free. They have to pay for shipping and handling. I'm sorry, what Jason Kindle says goes. Again, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. Let us know what you think. I mean, we have baseball players that text and email us all the time. We have wrestlers that are reaching out that want all this stuff, and we give them the same promo code. They come back happy. So be part of the revolution, the Blue Chew revolution. Make it happen. Your woman will thank you. And women, you know, it's okay to sit your man down and say, hey, listen, maybe we should try Blue Chew. It's, it's perfect. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit AccessTV.com for more information. Don't forget, start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to Plus.ImpactWrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content.